1: We're here. I wish I wish I could What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five star review on iTunes a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate DAP for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening,
2: and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. What up,
3: everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. By now, you know I'm Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale. Shout out to Blue Wire, the network. It's so great to be here. And today's show, sponsored by betonline.ag and Untuck It, the spot to get all of your button ups untucked, perfectly cut, so you could look nice no matter where you're going. This week, boxing is on Wednesdays, so it's nice to, you know, just kind of breathe, take a break after the weekend. It wasn't crazy. It's about to ramp up. I'm swamped with Wilder and Fury stuff. Dre, I know you're just going nuts over there at Sporting News as well. This fight just has, like, this big fight feel. So when we come back next week and we start previewing that fight and really dive into it, that's going to be really crazy but this week we, we get to breathe and we get to talk about other topics and one thing i want to talk about dre is something i've been considering you know with my my spare time after this wilder fury rematch that opened up to me should i binge watch power <laughs> like you you gave me you gave me the hot tag you gave me the heads oh up boy. you let me know to watch game of thrones i binge watched it three weeks good job by you i enjoyed it it was great this final season didn't wreck my heart because I didn't spend eight years watching it. I liked it for what it was. Should I do the same thing with Power?
2: Um, I've never watched answer, an episode. I've the never short watched answer is no. There's, there's better shows <laughs> to watch than Power. So, all right. So, I'll preface it with this. Like, I watched I watched Power, and I hate watch the last two seasons. What I mean by hate watch is me and my wife turn on Power when there's nothing else to do. And we watch it, and then we talk shit about it. Because me, being somebody who is a pop culture connoisseur, in order for me to talk about something, I need to see it through. I can't talk about things that... I can't talk about the Lil Wayne album until I listen to it. And now that I listen to it, I was like, eh, it's too long. But I had to listen to it before I could say something. Power, Empire, it's all the same thing to me at a certain point. What else I will say is this, because the, the Power season finale happened, series finale happened, they have four fucking spinoffs, which we'll talk about in a second, which is utterly ridiculous in a clear cash-in. But... The finale, I was. I, I hated the last season. I hated the season before that. I won't say why since you haven't watched it. The first two, maybe three seasons were, were good. And then there's one particular episode, which I'm not going to spoil, but <laughs> it jumped the shark. And it, it became apparent that the show was like being written in spite of itself. It became apparent that, unlike, you watched The Wire, didn't you? Or did you not? Yeah, no, I watched The Wire. Okay. So when David Simon and Ed Burns did The Wire, mm-hmm. they came in with a very clear, concise idea of when they wanted this shit to end. And they thought, in, like I read The Wire, like I'm big on The Wire. They never thought The Wire would get as far as it did before it ended. But they had an idea like, okay, it's time. Or you even talk about Watchmen. Like when it was time for Watchmen, like, he was like, I don't have any more stories to tell. Breaking Bad, same thing. It's was like, all right, it's time to go. Vince, uh, Gilligan said the same thing. It's time to go. Power, on the other hand, started seeing that it was it was performing better than expectations, and people were really watching this shit. So he started catering towards characters instead of the story. That's when the show fell off for me, because they were trying to do lip service to have uh, fans on Twitter talk about the show, much rather than just sticking to the script. So certain characters would come back. You're like, what the fuck? Like, why are you coming back? It's like Fast <laughs> and Furious. Remember, Fast and Furious is about like guys speeding and having like car radios, and they came the fucking Avengers now. Like, it's ridiculous. I can't watch The Fast and the Furious and be like, I can't take this shit seriously. No. I'm the same way with Power. (laughs) Power is the shit became like the fucking Avengers where it just became ridiculous and completely unrealistic and no. You can watch the first two seasons and if you get through that, which you should because they're good. The first two seasons are actually good. Omari Hardwick is a really good actor. Then, like, Lala shows up and it's like, what the fuck? Like, it just becomes like bad acting, bad storylines. Rotimi's really good on there but... Nah man you don't, like the Watch like Killing Eve Or Breaking Bad Or Six Feet Under Which I talk about All the fucking time Watch Six Feet Under If you got something else To watch Watch it If you have something That you want to watch In passing Watch Power Well it seems like Six, six Feet Under Is going to bum
3: me out Like everything you say About that Like I can't uh, watch it It's going to bum will, me out
2: I will say like For those of you Who haven't seen Six Feet Under It is the most underrated Show on television That ever happened It has the perfect Series finale And it's just excellent but yes, it is not like a um. It's not aesthetically pleasing to watch. Like you're not gonna leave every episode going, man. I feel good about myself. There are certain episodes of Six Feet Under. You're like, fuck, that was heavy. It's a very weighty show. It's got it's. There's a lot of meat on that bone. Like the first few seasons of Shameless, I love them. That shit jumped the shark. But Six Feet Under never lost sight of what it was. And when that series finale happens, like, and somebody's gonna say I spoiled it. I know Ryan's friend of the show Big Mac was like you spoiled it you said everybody dies the whole show is about death that is not a spoiler (laughs) like it's it's period it's about death that's why it's called Six Feet Under it's about a fucking funeral home it's about death Every, every episode starts with somebody dying every episode it's just really it's like Final Destination type shit where it's like well how's he gonna die somebody dies in every episode at the beginning of the episode but it's so well written and it's so damn good it's worth watching. So I would suggest watch that. Like I still haven't watched The Leftovers and people are like killing me about this. I need to finish, I need to watch the Leftovers. Watch like three episodes and I just got caught up in other shit. Power is a show that if you and your wife are sitting at home, you're like, yeah, I don't feel like watching something too heavy. What should I watch? Watch Power. It's like how me and my wife watch Love & Hip Hop. It would be on the background and I'm not really doing shit. That's how Power is.
3: I mean, we watch like a ton of reality TV. So we watch like a lot of that filler content. Uh, After we record this, I got to catch up on 90 Day Fiancé, which if you haven't watched it, please watch it, Dre. It's an incredible piece of television. And then uh, uh, it really really is. We're like reality TV. That shit is really good. Um, And then we watch stupid shit like Love After Lockup and all this stuff. So I have this room to actually watch quality television because I watch so much bad television. But usually I fill that with sitcoms and lightheartedness and uh, occasionally i'll throw in like a wire or game of thrones something that's not funny so it seemed like power the way people have been talking about it is like this this phenom right like it's it's the thing for black culture because even empire faded like no one talks about that shit anymore people haven't talked about that for years it's like the second season but power was supposed to be this thing and it still is and People were bootlegging the final episodes, like it was Game of Thrones. Like people had to see what was going to happen. What's who killed Ghost? I listen. I can't avoid that shit, right? Like who killed Ghost? Is Ghost dead? This person, I know who killed Ghost. It's like cool. It's a whodunit. And they, the people on social media, media make the shit
2: seem really cool. It's very different from what you just explained to me. I mean again, I, you know, I'm a TV snob, I'm a film snob. like I, 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 I'm a self-admitted that like they're, like I can't watch Tyler Perry. I just can't. It's like insulting
3: Oh, No, to me. I cannot do it. Yeah, I took my ex-wife to a Tyler Perry play in like 2007, the worst time I've had. Not the, the acting was great. I get bothered by like audiences and how people react. So they were way too into it and kind of snarky, which bothered me. <laughs> yeah. Not that the product itself was horrible. Um, I'm oh. not one for breaking into random church songs in the middle of a story, but I got it. But that was before, you know, every storyline was the same and everyone had a drug problem or uh, everyone was sexually assaulted or, you know, yada, yada, yada. The, the yeah. same four storylines are in rotation. Well, He's yeah, like Vince like McMahon.
2: Tala- Tyler Perry only writes from one perspective. And there's other, like, there's other things I just won't watch. Like... There's certain things that I can't watch. And Power, when a show starts to insult my intelligence, that's how how I I tune out. I'm just like, come on, like, are you serious? Like, Power has the worst cops ever. They are the dumbest cops ever. And like, without a spoiler, and somebody will know exactly what I'm talking about, there's a particular Puerto Rican character, not Angela, but the new cop. And as the season progresses, she starts to develop a Rosie Perez accent. It just comes out of nowhere. Like she's talking normal like the first three episodes, and by the series finale, you're like, "Yo, did she? She just snatched Rosie Perez's whole steez? It's it's ridiculous. There's no consistency. It's like people swear by it, but if if you feel that way about Tyler Perry, then you'll be disgusted because you'll watch Power expecting something, you'd be like, "Really? This is what y'all was getting hype about? It's okay. It's just it's not terrible. The last season is just ridiculous. The last two seasons, maybe even three kind of ridiculous <laughs> you know, it's just getting worse and worse yeah. as you recall the storyline of this show there, there's just, dude there are literally there are some things that i'm just like this is dumb like this is like you could tell that they were racing to a finish just so they could cash out and do four spin-offs and that's that's insulting to me as well i ain't no way i'm watching four spin-offs of one show fl- i'm not watching spin-offs of anything let alone power not let alone four of them the- well i'll tell you I'll tell you this. There is a spinoff worth watching, and that's Breaking Bad. And that's a uh, Better Call Saul. Fucking worth watching. Because it's like... All oh, right, I know, haven't seen Breaking it. Bad. Well, well, see, watch Breaking Bad. Don't watch Power. Watch I got Breaking three Bad. episodes in. I couldn't do it. Dude, listen. Watch Breaking Bad. Arguably the single best epi- t- episode in television history is in Breaking Bad. It's the Ozymandias episode. Arguably, because my wife loves
3: Breaking Bad. I just I always get halfway through episode three, and I'm just just, like, "Fuck, I can't do." No, just get.
2: get It's like the Wire season two. If I watch (laughs) the Wire again, I skip season two completely. Well, I still like season two, but it's like it's like Game of Thrones because like the first season of Game of Thrones, you're watching it, and you're like, "This is cool, this is cool," and then the shit happens at the end of season one. You're like, "Oh fuck, I'm in it now." That's how Breaking Bad is. When Breaking Bad breaks bad you'll know it. And when it happens, you're like, "Oh, I'm in." Because it's all it's set up. You got to endure a little bit of setup to get to where you need to be. The Breaking right. Bad is is abs that yeah, might be easy. one of the but best shows ever. As far as spin-offs and sequels,
3: I've only liked probably two ever. So, that's Frasier, which yeah, people, I watch Frasier cuz I watched Cheers when I was like growing up. I think I was like 4 or 5 religiously watching Cheers and Murphy Brown. I was a weird kid. And then I watched Frasier, which I still enjoy to this day, and A Different World. That's it. Two two shows that I like spinoffs of. I can't find any other ones that really have captivated me. So to have four from one show is ridiculous.
2: Yeah, it's it's upsetting. When I saw it, because I was like, all right, they're going to do a spinoff. Then they, they showed four of them. The shit is not that interesting, guys. It's just not. Like, they're really just cashing out on black people. I'm, I hate that I'm saying this. Like, <laughs> I really, black people's loyalty. Yeah, like I I really hate that I'm saying this. Like, I'm a big Kirby Enthusiasm fan. Like, Kirby Enthusiasm this season is, as always, exceptional. I have friends who will not watch Kirby Enthusiasm. But they will swear by power. Those people are the ones that are they are targeting with his four spinoffs. Because they're just going to swear by it. Like they don't give a shit if it's bad, they're just gonna watch it. Or, like, there's people that Facebook who argue me down, like, you just are a hater. What why would I hate on the television show? I just don't like the shit. That's not hating. But <laughs> there are people that are gonna to swear by power, but they've never watched The Wire, or they've never watched Homicide, or they've never watched this there's, there's a plethora of shows that are much better than Power, but this, uh, I hate that I'm saying this. There's a certain group of black people, and, and black folks who listen to this show, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. You have those friends who watch, like, The Parkers and oh, won't watch anything Oh, you're else. going there. You're going I am. Going, I'm sorry, I am. did you comment watch. on Twitter about, like, what's the worst black like, yes. TV Hol- show or something? Homeboys and Out of Space. Like, listen, <laughs> I have given everything a chance, and then I clock out and homeboys round space was the w- one of the one shows that i saw and i was like i can't even give this shit a chance and i did <laughs> i still turned it on and i was like yo flex is on it and that's all i remember and they're in outer space this is the most ridiculous and the homeboys it is so stupid.
3: <laughs> well i would like, hope so it seems like uh if they were it that'd be a, a
2: problem man i don't know but that, that shit was bad like but it sounds but, like we, a black big bang theory but yeah but, but it, it wasn't not. good it, it wasn't clever I, man, you see, you'll get me. Going I love on for Big the Bang TV. Theory. Yeah, I love, I love clever television. I, that's just me. Like I, I don't like like the Parkers. I never liked. I hated it. I thought it was terrible. Um, the game, isn't that just I a Moesha spinoff? Yes, it was, and it was terrible. Okay. Um, yeah. The game, which was a girlfriend spinoff, which actually started off really good. Was then, it a girlfriend spinoff? Yes. I had no clue. I dislike girlfriends. I never got into it. Girlfriend girlfriends is actually really good. And my wife had to like show it to me. Like I saw her watching it, I was like, eh. And then I watched like a few episodes I was like, oh shit, this is actually pretty good. You know what? It's- you know what did it for me? Um The one of the
3: characters is the dark skinned chick with the lips. She's a great looking woman. Um Oh but Jill Marie her, Jones. Yes. Her uppity ass character, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do, like it's the bane of my existence like growing up I tell people this all the time. I hated the girls when I was like 12 years old, 11 years old, who were like 13 or 14, but swore to god they were 19, 20 and 21 and they acted like super stuck up and uppity. I and was like, "Oh, you're too that's her character in a nutshell and I couldn't do it. It just aggravated me and I I couldn't watch the show again. Nah, her nope. character put me off of the entire show. I'm sure she's inter- like she's a huge part of the dynamic of their group. I'm sure of it. She just bothered me. It's not like Sex in the City, where it's like, okay, Miranda's kind of wild, and she's the wild card of the group. This chick as a wild card just bothered me to my core.
2: Yeah, see, again, like, I like shows where they're they're characters and not characters. And in Girlfriends, Jill Marie Jones' Tony character actually gets explained as the season progresses. And at some points, you may sympathize her. At other points, you're like, I still fucking don't like her. I like that kind of nuance in television. She's supposed to be hated then. Kind of, but not really. Like, I'm supposed to not like her. Initially, yeah, but then some people sympathize with with what her character has been (coughs) through and why she is the way that she is. So, to each his own when it comes to that. I like, again, I like TV with nuance. Power doesn't have any nuance. And I know people who don't give a shit about nuance and they just want... You know, something to tweet about. Like, I can't stand how to get away with murder. Because I was like, how the fuck are these kids getting away with murder in law school? And f- This is their fifth year. Graduate law school, goddammit. It frustrates the hell out of me. I like
3: the first two seasons that it went off.
2: And like then it, fall, it fell off. After the first yeah. two seasons, same with Scandal. I watched the first couple seasons of Scandal. I watched like out.
3: seven seasons of Scandal. And I was just hooked. I still haven't seen the last season. though.
2: It, and it's bad. Like, I, I tried to watch the last season, but it's bad. But Scandal is kind of like power. In the sense that Scandal had a premise, and it, the, the gladiators, and you, I, I really appreciated the work of Kerry Washington and the characters. And then it oh. became this melodramatic bullshit, and I was like, I'm out. That's what power became.
3: Yeah, I love anything that's case-based like that. So I'll watch every, every season of it if it's case-based. Like I, was, I went to nursing school and a nursing high school because I was like obsessed with house. Anything case-based like that, or I ER before then, but ER was kind of weird to me. House where it has like that dominant character who's just an asshole, or even you know like Kerry Washington and Olivia Pope, like that one character is just like dope. And if it's case-based, I'm good. I watch SVU all damn day. Every show is different. Like that, I can do easy. When it's like a long drawn-out story, if it's not like super interesting, I'm I'm checked out, which is my problem with Breaking Bad. So uh, if Power's good the first season, it would get me. But no, nah, I I bounced as soon as it was bad, because I I don't understand it. But people like you said have blind faith to the show. So I thought maybe I was missing something. No, I'm I'm glad <laughs> that I'm not. And uh, you've you've eased my soul. So everyone else enjoy Power. Congrats, you guys can have that. I'll skip it. But uh, right now, it's time for our BetOnline.ag boxing social media topic of the week. BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook expert. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for a 50% off welcome bonus. This week's boxing social media topic comes from Twitter, and I thought this shit was hilarious. I've been waiting to talk to you about it. It happened last night during the fights, or excuse me, Saturday during the fights, and it didn't blow up as it should, but it got, like, a nice little bit of traction. But I'm sure you saw it. Shakur Stevenson had one of the best ideas ever. He was like, the, he was like I wish the media could have a time where they had to box. And Dan Raphael from ESPN responded, deal if the fighters then had to cover the media boxing. They had to write the articles. They had to do the play-by-play. They had to do all of that stuff while the media members boxed. And I feel like we have a million-dollar golden idea. We could put this on the zone. They have YouTubers. One night a year, media boxing, the fighters are doing all the other work. I yeah. think it's genius. That, with that being said, Dre, who are you fighting?
2: If we have to put together a card, who's your opponent? Jason Whitlock. He, I don't, I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't care. That like, weight being, class doesn't add up. Does it matter? I'll beat the shit out of Jason Whitlock. <laughs> okay. That's it. Like, I, I know you were going to say like boxing media. No, no, no. It's Jason Whitlock. That's it. <laughs> overall media you're going with. Just overall media. Trade it One person. Jason Whitlock. That's
3: it. You're, no, you're, your quickness advantage is way too crazy. And you know, he has no stamina. No. No. He's gassing after a
2: round. I will fuck him up. For real. (laughs) I I will wear like a Kaepernick jersey and a black power medallion. I wear a goddamn Koofy. Um Raleigh gotta rap you
3: out. Raleigh gotta rap you
2: out with the Kaepernick song. Dog, dog, listen. And I will beat the brakes off of Jason Whitlock. (laughs) And if if there was ever a moment that Jason like maybe got like a punch in, I dog, I would cheat I don't even care. He would not make it out of that bitch alive, and I don't know who's, who would write this shit up. Like, but I, I don't know what boxer would be covering this shit, but they'd have a story to tell. Cause I, th- if there's one person that I don't like, it's Jason Whitlock. I'd fuck him up.
3: Oh, Deontay Wilder has to be, has to be front and center for that one. Wilder oh, yeah.
2: interviewing you about Whitlock is money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause she's like that's, Deontay Deontay's um, appreciation of mangling like like subject verb agreements and like he just be saying shit. So letting him interview me and, and watching watching him formulate a question would make me laugh. I
3: that's love this the scene. best
2: part. That's like watching Roy Jones on TV. No, but see, like Roy, that's what like, makes listen, it so man. great. No, like Deontay Wilder is the psycho Sid of boxing promos. <laughs> oh God. Like, I'm saying, like, it's like Deontay starts going, and then, like, Deontay never really thought about where it was going to end, but now he's here, so he's got to figure out where this is going, like, the elbow (laughs) kick from the top rope, like, he's, like, a combination between Psycho Sid promos and Scott Steiner, Steiner math. He just starts saying shit, and it's, like, the greatest thing ever because it's, like, you never know when it's going to end. Like, if you watch the... Pre- and I know, I know you did. When you watch the press conference, you're watching Tyson Fury going like, what the fuck is going on? Like, when is Yet. this going to end?
3: <laughs> Wilder, where they just tossed the mic to him before the back and forth, went on like a nine-minute tangent.
2: No, Tyson incredible. was just like,
3: what? And Tyson kicked it off with like a minute and a half. Wilder's opening statement and talking about baptizing Tyson, but when you baptize, that means you're going to come back and you Oh, man. And this one is Unfinished Business. Like, yo, I love that shit. That shit. <laughs> I watch that all the time because I got to take clips from that all the time. And every time, that shit makes me laugh. Hilarious.
2: Oh, man. He'd be so the who you best. Fighting?
3: So, I, I didn't think about who I just want to whoop somebody's ass because then I would just also fight Whitlock. But, uh, oh, I guess if we had to do a, a main co-main, if we had to split the pie on zone, it'd be a tough fight. But, I mean, who, who else is a... No, Marcellus is like an ex-NFL player But I mean, if I just gotta go in there And fight him for the culture, I will But he's a fucking world-class athlete So <laughs> that's, that wouldn't that wouldn't bode well for me That'd be a horrible co-main But you know what? i do it for the culture He said some stupid shit But when I was thinking about it I was like, okay, let me just put together a really good fight I was like, let me, who would I match up with Pretty good, like, body type-wise, we'd give the crowd a good fight. I wasn't thinking about who I just want to beat the hell out of. So, three people came to mind. One, Mike Coppinger, because you know what? Mike Mike got some size to him. He looks shifty. I feel like we put on a really good fight. And it'd be like a friendly fight where we dap it up afterwards, and it's cool we raise each other's hands. But I feel like Mike, Mike got some footwork there. I feel like Mike could really, really box, and we'd put on a good show. Similar size, uh... I'd be a little bigger though, so I'd have the advantage. So that's good. Second, <laughs> this where he Eddie obviously is on the zone. It's an easy fight to make, uh, as far as that Radio Rahim. <laughs> I someone mentioned Radio Rahim, and I feel like if I had to, buy, me and Radio Rahim could probably throw blows. I've never told this story ever, ever before in public. I've told it to you and in our group chat. <laughs> <know>. And uh, <laughs> Like my second or third fight ever, me covering a fight ever, I'm chilling. I don't know anybody, so I'm not talking to nobody or anything. Uh, I might've known Giandra, like that's the only person I know. Um, so it was my second or third fight. I, we were waiting for like a Leo Santa Cruz interview and I'm chilling there just on my phone. And this dude taps me on my shoulder and he's like, hey, hey, excuse me. And I was like, all right, man, I'm just on my phone. You can get ahead of me. And Leo Santa Cruz is right there. And he's like, yo, he was like looking around. He's like, hey, get, hold this camera for me. Hold this camera while I interview him. But it's like little microphone thing. And I was like, what? And he was like, hold this camera. And no, point it this way and I'm gonna talk to him. I was like, I'm not holding your camera. Like, I'm not your camera guy. I One, I don't know you. So I never knew this dude's name. And it was just, it flabbergasted me. One day he was a black dude and he was just asking me this. Like what, I'm not on your payroll, my man. Who the hell do you think I am? I'm young and obviously I was like 23 at the time. And I was like, I'm, what are you talking about? So I was like, nah, I'm, I'm working on something. I'm good. So he gets someone else to hold the camera or some shit. And it just never rubbed me the right way. Lo and behold, the years pass and I see him at different events. And then Giandra introduced it to me like, yo, this is radio raheem and i was like what and i it was probably the rudest shit ever but i looked at her like what because to me radio Rahim is from a completely different place i'm young but i'm not that young i know the real radio Rahim, and it's like it, it's kind of like oh, you know boy. rick ross when he's like yo i know noriega <laughs> oh, the real no. noriega he owe me 100 <laughs> favors like come on fam like radio raheem i'm like this dude got a gimmick God bless oh, to this day. I mean, oh the guy is nice enough. Honest to God, I haven't had a conversation with him since, and he's probably a good guy. And I see him on the zone now, and he does commentary, and he's in the ring, or he does all this shit. He was, I don't know, doing commentary on the broadcast. You know what? I want to see all black people win. But I have never had a conversation with him, and I probably never will, just because that first time. I'm pretty sure he doesn't remember that at all, but I will remember that time forever. <laughs> so, <laughs> if we had to have a boxing match, I feel like I could build this shit off of that interaction. Like we'll we'll have some real good build up to this fight, cause I'll be like, "Yo," and like we'll be face to face in the face off, and I just lean in and be like, "Yeah, you know what? You're gonna hold my camera after this fight, like just talking real grimy shit to him, and he's gonna have no clue what I'm talking about." He'd be like, "Yeah, you need someone to hold your camera." He'd be like, "What?" Be like, "Yeah, you need someone to hold your camera." You're like, "Excuse me," like, "Yeah, after this fight, you're gonna hold my camera." He'd be like, "What the fuck is this guy talking about?" That would be the trash talk leading up to a fight. So, Radio Raheem would be second, third, just for the challenge of it. Our boy Kendrick. Uh, if you guys haven't been around, Kendrick, really cool media dude from Texas, um, slipping and dipping podcasts. Go listen to mm-hmm. it. He's super cool, um, him and Matthew Wells, great show, great guest every week. I see Kendrick, We, you know, we run into him at the fights, we're always chilling. Kendrick pre- presents the biggest challenge, and for both heavyweights, that's one hell of a match. Kendrick is damn near wilder size. He's Fury size. Kendrick's 6'8", 6'9", he got the reach. I feel like he got feet like a, like a very athletic man, probably a dancing bear in the ring. I, me and Kendrick, I feel like me and Kendrick could put on a good fight. I have to get in close, work inside. Kendrick would be working the ropes and the jab. That would present a very good fight. And again, Kendrick is actually funny. He built the fight with me. We'd have some good dialogue building this fight. So those are my three fights. Uh, I've now told my radio Rahim story. Mm-hmm. I, I what is? I really want to find out this guy's real name because it's like, <laughs> it's like when you watch. Who was that? It was from Kings of Comedy. And they were like, what's your name? And the guy's like, Delicious. I Cedric the Entertainer. And he was like, Delicious? He's like, yeah, Delicious. He's like, I ain't calling no grown-ass man Delicious. That's how I feel about Radio Raheem. Like, just tell me your real name. I'm not, I refuse to call you the gimmick. Uh, but again, the, I'm sure the man does good work. So, those are <laughs>
0: those
3: are my boxing choices for a fight.
2: Um, I hope everyone enjoyed that. But I put uh, thought into this. You so. know how many people are gonna sit there and be like, somebody's gonna do it. Somebody be like Ken, uh, uh, Kel wants to fight Kendrick, Mike Cappadgiu. <laughs> At Radio Raheem, and all three of those, all three of them were gonna to come to me and be like, "Yo, I heard your boy wants to fight me." I'm like, "Yo, especially Cop. I love but listen, guys. I've known Cobb is great. Like, I've known him for a long time. Great, we man. we have hung out. Like me and Cobb are really cool. But Mike's crazy, and like fuck it, we're doing inside ballpark. You ain't getting that fight before Dan Raphael gets that fight because no, Carpager, no, no. no. <laughs> but that's not even fair. Cobb is Dan. Like again,
3: I was going off of like stylistic matchups. So no, if you're just handing out fades, yes, Coffinger <laughs> versus Dan Raphael is the fight to make. And now somebody's going to ask me I, about that and be like, what are you talking about? Since I'm, not doing I'm employed that by guy. ESPN, I am not giving my, my <laughs> prediction for that fight. <laughs> like, oh, I, I, will, I will leave that up to you guys to predict the manner of how that fight would end. Oh, but... Man. Mike just seems like a guy who can actually fight, and I feel like it'd be like a very friendly, good matchup style of fight. Oh, <laughs> no goodness. no ill will there between me and Mike. But uh, right. yeah, man, I don't know. I put a lot of thoughts into this. Clearly. But uh, there, there you have it. That's the betonline.ag boxing social media topic of the week. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for your 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, that was one hell of a tangent. Okay, let's actually get into real boxing that happened this past weekend.
2: Uh, Why? Why talk about real boxing? This is (laughs) fun. Like, last week we (laughs) talked about strip clubs, and this week we're talking, like, come on, man, what is this show? What is this show becoming? Fantasy booking media fights. (laughs) But there's good backstory there. Now people know.
3: That's how you build fights. And mm. we talk about all the time, like, yo, we could book pro wrestling, or we could do... We can. These these are actual stories. We, we tell them on our podcast. So if you know people... Listen, man. Andreas, he's had, like, 15 jobs at one time. He's whittled those down. We're always open to book some stuff. If you know people, we're, we're available. Uh, <laughs> boxing for this weekend. Kell Brook returned so. after a year off. <sighs> That's my point. He, he comes into this fight... It's a showcase fight. Let's call it what it is. He handles business. His eye soccer doesn't break. Kudos. Congrats to him. That's the only thing I was watching for. Is he going to break his eye? His eye holds up. Great for you. It looks a little better at 154 as far as body-wise. He's not sunken in. This might be where, where he really lands in terms of a fighter. But then he says he wants to spend to rematch.
2: Why? Just explains why. Why did mean, even mention that man's name? Getting your orbital broken the first time wasn't enough. So I guess it, it better be nice and do it twice. Because I can't figure this shit out for the life of me. Uh, listen, he wants guys. big fights. He wants title fights. He thinks he still deserves those. There's one fight that he deserves. Samir Khan. That's the only fight that makes sense. The only fight. Because Spence will beat the brakes off of him at 154. Like, look, to be clear, Kell Brook, yeah, okay, you look good at 154. Because you fought a can. You fought a guy you're supposed to get out of there. But you have no business in the ring with Spence. The only, like, a Kell Brook American is still a like, very big fight overseas. That's the fight you want to make. I, who He said he wanted somebody else. Uh, Liam Smith, I think. Whatever. Like, dude, he Kell was really good at one point. And then he got his orbital destroyed by Gennady Golovkin, and then Arrow was like, I'm, I can do that too, and broke his other one. So it's like, <laughs> I, I'm just, I, I'm not interested at all. I'm just not.
3: No, but he has to go somewhere. And, and you're right. Like, we've been talking about this Amir Khan fight. It feels like since we started this podcast.
2: Yeah. It's always been there. Just they're trying to get the money up. But it's like, you guys have nobody to fight. So just fight. They're moving backwards with the money now. They are. Like, just, go, just fight each other. At a certain point, it's like, dude, you have nobody to fight. Amir, Floyd is never going to fight you. Cut it out. Carol, <laughs> you're not going to get Spence again. Just take the goddamn fight, man. Like, shit. I don't think he beat Sean
3: Porter. Like, you want a rematch? Rematch Sean Porter. No, I don't think he beat Sean in a rematch either. Because I I think Sean will beat the brakes off of him now. Yeah. I I thought Sean won the first fight. Uh, Kel held a lot during the first fight.
2: That's the point. There was a little home cooking in the first fight. Like, Sean traveled, Kel held a lot, and he retained the title in a controversial decision. You don't want that smoke again with Sean Porter. So leave that one off the table. Now uh, 154, that's, I, like,
3: if he wants a rematch, that's one hell of a
2: rematch. Yeah, but even Sean's looking at the fight like so, like, come on, man, <laughs> fight somebody real. Like that, that the dude that you beat was terrible. Was Deluca? I don't remember. Like I watched it. Yeah, I, was like,
4: I can't
3: watch this shit. He, yeah, yeah, he punched him and then kind of pushed him through the ring a bit. Yeah, it was. It was and then it was stopped. But no, it, it was meant for him to look good. We'll see where he goes uh, after this because he has to keep his name in the cycle. And you look. If he's willing to go down to 147, I mean, there's a guy looking for opponents. His name is Terrence Crawford. (laughs) I think that's a pretty good fight for Terrence Crawford. I ain't gonna lie to you. Again, I think Terrence Crawford takes the Manny Pacquiao approach and says, I just got to beat the hell out of everyone Errol Spence beat up and do it better so that I can, you know, make sure I get this fight with him sooner or later. And Spence did break the orbital, but the fight went a little longer than people thought. Kelbrook looked decent early and then got wrecked. If Crawford can run through him even worse, then that makes a good case for Crawford. I, that's a guy. I, I think Crawford should be calling him right now, immediately, like, yo, let's get this done.
2: Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. I just think Kelbrook doesn't want to go back down to 47, but who cares? He needs to go wherever he can get a big fight.
3: And, and a whim of a title opportunity. And that presents him both so I I think that would be a good fight well we'll see where he goes next though it looks like Liam Smith is the easiest option and that might be what they take uh, to make sure Kel is okay and he's just not getting his face broken every other fight all right everybody we'll get right back to the episode in a second but first have you ever seen an untucked button-down they look bad why because they weren't meant to be worn that way thankfully there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, untucked shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length.
2: Uh, with more than 50 combinations, untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all age- ages fits me just great like you know i lost some weight recently so gotta make sure everything looks good so these these untuckers look awesome you can choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-down super soft flannels outerwear and more with untuck it your shirts will never look baggy bulgy too long or too big again and the website is so easy to use they even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit
3: yeah, so whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or trying to craft a smart relaxed style of your own, Untuckit is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U N T U C K I T.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Now let's get right back to the show. Um, the other person who fought, who looked shaky in my opinion, was Riggandau. I mean... So, he moved down because he looked older and shaky already. And then didn't look the best moving down until he got the knockdown in the 12th. And for a second in the first round, I, I thought he was going full Landy Lara. Where he was just going to be a brawler now. Because he moved down, and he was like, fuck it, I can just stand and bang. No, and then he got boring again. Knocked his opponent down in the 12th and won the title. But... That doesn't make me excited for Rigondeaux. No, like he's I mean, in a hard spot with a lot of young kids around him. Who realistically, if he wants to hang around, they'll probably
2: put the paws on. Him. I mean, let's be clear: Guillermo Rigondeaux was born seventy-five years old, and from that point, <laughs> he, he just he just continued fighting. Like the man's been—he's old as shit. I don't care what Rigondeaux <laughs> says, like. His age is finally catching up to him. Like he might be ninety-two years old. I don't. I don't know. Him and Luis Ortiz are oldest. Him and Luis I Ortiz. I don't know. But and you know, he looked bad. If you really think he's like thirty-two or something like that, I personally think he's like seventy. Like I. So I don't. I don't. I don't know, man. Like yeah, he didn't look great. And I fully expected his age to finally catch up with him. He's not Pharrell or some shit. I don't know. No, we're just clowning on this show today, dog. Like I watched the fight, like I watched the fight, and I watched people trashing it, and I was just like, "You guys do realize he's like a thousand years old? Like he's never going to tell you his <laughs> real age." Well, you're supposed to move down
3: to kind of stop the aging process.
2: Yeah, well, you're I, again, supposed to reinvigorate you're, him, dog. When you're born out the womb with crow's feet, like, <laughs> come on, man. It's like, come on, you yeah. old dog, you old. Like you, you are outliving your boxing career day by day. Every time you like spar. Like, you're like, a, he's like the Golden Girls of boxing. He's old as shit. He's old. <laughs> Come on, man. Y'all just gotta tell explain. us the truth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah stop lying to us. Tell us the truth. you was it's more impressive like, he... if you just tell us you're 68 years old. Guillermo then, then you're impressive. Guillermo Rigondao is Luis Ortiz's grandfather. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Yo. <laughs> oh, Luis Ortiz comes up, gives him a pound. Oh, abuelo. Oh, that shit's hilarious.
2: You've seen Don't Be a Menace, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like Sean Wayne's pop was like like, younger Bello. than him? <laughs> yeah. That's those. You are a the, clown. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, people were,
3: people were going to say we got problems after this episode. Probably. They were Probably. like, yo, Blue, Blue Wire I got y'all? Ooh, Blue Wire is going to want to return on investment. Um, <laughs> uh, the last fight, Gary Russell Jr., Come on, man! It's come
2: a holiday. On. Gary Russell Jr. fighting? This should come Gary, like this is once a Christmas. year. <laughs> like, come on, man! Like, I was so listen when they said Gary Russell Jr. was fighting, I was gonna put up a tree because I thought it was Christmas. <laughs> Usually he fights in May, so technically,
3: what? It's like a nine month layoff. That's crazy because now it's, it's like, ooh, he might fight twice this
2: year. Like, oh, like, oh.
3: <laughs> no. no, no, don't don't get hype. No, no, like, really like one it's amazing that they just let him disappear with the belt but i guess if you just fight mandatories you only got to fight a mandatory every year you never have to extend yourself
2: i really try to figure out because gary says the reason he only fights once a year because he's defended that wbc title five times yeah the reason why is he said nobody wants to fight him i wonder how true that is because i guess we'll just get into it handily defeated his opponent whatever Gary Russell Jr.'s got extraordinarily fast hands. He's great at 126. Um he lost to Lomachenko. He said he was sick that night. Doesn't matter. It's Lomachenko. It's nothing he was nothing he would got
3: washed anyway, sure.
2: Doesn't matter. Um, but after the fight, he says he's thinking about jumping up two way classes to 35, where it's extremely loaded. I'm calling his bluff. It dog, if you're serious and you're gonna go to 135, do it. I triple double dog dare you. Because I want to see this shit. Because there's nobody for you at twenty six. Like, if you already put your arm around Leo Santa Cruz's pops and made a video of it, and Leo took it really in stride. Whereas if that was like Adrian Brony, you probably would have came to your house and fucked you up. But you got away with it. But if Leo doesn't fight you, and you think, and you just put it in the atmosphere that you want to go to 135, where Haney, Loma, Tiafimo, Robert Easter, like all these guys are there, Devin Haney, Ryan Garcia, Ryan
3: Garcia puts some paws on him. I
2: that's I, that. Do it. Because I personally, I think Gary Russell is very good. All jokes aside about him fighting once a year, I think he's an exceptional talent. I really do. But I just don't know how sharp
3: you can stay once a year with all these young bucks coming up who are really, really good.
2: And, and that's that's where I'm tr- trying to figure this out. It's like, are, like, are you serious? If Are you going to be more active? He's 31 now. Fighting once a year for, what, five years since he's 26? Yep. You wasted mm. your prime. And my man, like, you're, you're going to go to 35? 35? Tank Davis? Like, there's a lot of guys there that, he said he wanted to fight Tank. Yeah, Tank knocks him out.
3: But Duke, it's all performance I'm saying is I mean, he's shifty, and that's good. But I think Tank knocks, that's a whole different level of punching power. But I don't think he has to move. One, I don't want him to vacate that belt. Like, vacated belts are whack. Two, he doesn't have to move to get a test. Because I tweeted it as soon as the fight's over. Like, yo, you want to fight once a year? Cool. Maybe this even puts you to two fights this year. You want to fight November December. By the time November and December rolls around, I'm almost positive. And the hell with, it's not a homer pick. Shakur Stevenson will have two belts in that weight class by the time November rolls around. Because he will go across the pond, fight Warrington, and beat him. Not an easy fight, but Shakur will win. Stay there. You want to fight again? Fight Shakur Stevenson. Three belts. On the line. That's a young guy. Theoretically, you should be catching him too early for him to really beat you. If you're going to catch him, this is the time to catch him. Fight him. And unify those titles. That's a fight. That might be Shakur's first headline quality fight even though he wants to headline anyway and he will he's headlining in march at msg the warrington fight will be a big fight but this is a fight that's really like okay cool let's see what it is let's see what you got that's a big fight fight shakur and i don't think he'd do that either
2: no i mean you know obviously if the business makes sense with pbc and fox showtime espn i think it's a dangerous fight for both sides and i like danger (laughs) So let's let's get
3: crazy. (laughs) That's it. Like, when you're young, you can take dangerous fights. That's my, like, the thing I admire most right now about any boxer, kind of, is Ryan Garcia's willingness to take any fight and call out anyone. Because he realizes if I'm going to lose to any one of these guys, let me do it while I'm young, get better, and then figure it out. I don't want to lose to them or to anyone when I'm 29, 30 and it derails my career. I can yeah, always say there. I was just young. I'm going to get better, become a champion, and then see what happens
2: to us later in our career. Yeah. like I agree, man. Like like These guys waiting for something. Like What are you waiting for? Go fight. Look, Canelo, Canelo made that
3: perfect blueprint. If you're going to lose, lose early. Because yeah. it's a built-in excuse. It's only going to make you better. And then you do a, what, seven-year run now? Since Canelo's last loss? And he's the number one... Number one, draw in the sport. Yeah. Make, it makes perfect sense to me. So, it does. Do it. So, I mean, I think Shakur should be that guy. But, well, we might be just talking about this in 2021 because well, I don't know if Gary Russell will be back. No, we don't know. So, yeah, we're, we're asking what the next fight is, and the guy might not fight for a calendar year. So we'll enjoy this while it happened. His one appearance for now. And we'll see if he'll be more active. Um, that's our fight for this Wednesday. We're coming back on Friday with our pro wrestling episode. A lot to talk about there as we approach NXT Takeover. We approach AW Dynamite. Um, WWE, Saudi Arabia show, ton of stuff coming up. There's a New Japan show announced, which really puts us in a bind, which we'll talk about on Friday because it's SummerSlam weekend. Got to figure out what show we're going to go to. So a lot to talk about on a pro wrestling front. Shout out to Blue Wire, the network, for letting us be on here and clown around. And it's great to be part of the team. This week's episode, sponsored by betonline.ag and Untuck It. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at corner podcast underscore me at cal Dansby, him at andreas Hale. i'm sure i'll hear from you guys on twitter about our fantasy boxing matchups and dre yours. wanted to beat the hell just no just yours was crazy too i'm not taking all the all the twitter heat this week either Dude, last week you had a crazy ass story with make money my brother everyone <laughs> skipped over that that shit was wild, too. This week, you beating the hell out of Whitlock is equally as good as my stories. So uh, I'm sure we'll hear from you guys on Twitter. Thank you guys for listening. Until Friday, we're out.
2: Peace.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.